Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Yeah! To the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. Got a good show today. Me and Robbie going to go deep on, a, I would argue, one of the most important sneakers of all time. But before we get to Ever. that, how's it going, man? It's good. I feel like I'm Kobe. I'm putting the one-two on Scotty. Break down the defense, lob it up, your shack, dunk, <laughs> shack face, running up the court. I'm good. Good yeah, energy definitely. today. Um, well, before we get into to the show, the, the main topic, what uh what are you what are you rocking copping this week? The meat and taters, yeah. if you will. Um man, so this joint right here, the pro leather. Dr. J slash ABA anniversary. We're going to have other shoes we talk about today with Velcro, but sometimes Velcro is cool. Sometimes it's not. This is a cool Velcro moment. I, I, I like these. I don't know why, but these are some sweet shoes. The ABA ball inspiration on the back. I wore them during the Philly game. I wanted to have something like Philadelphia esque. I could have gone for some questions, but that's, I'm trying to entertain myself, so I need to go next level with myself. So I'm going to go get these Philly because the inside's red. So it's perfect Dr. J slash perfect ABA. Just I, I love when things have double meaning, right? Double entendre. Yep. Like, this is the doctor and the league. Um, good stuff, man. This high quality sneaker. When it comes to Coppin, whew, I don't know. Always Kobe's, but I'm I'm interested in the gray toe low. The question gray yeah. toe low. Um that that's a beautiful shoe. I know you're a fan of low top questions for the summertime. But um I'm incredibly blessed. I've been going through and just like donating clothes and going through the closet and just like reorganizing stuff. And it's just like I have a lot of shoes. So like sometimes there doesn't have to be a cop in. There doesn't have to be a coppin in your life, sir, madam. Sometimes you can just don't let the FOBO, FOBO, FOMO get you. You're not missing out every time. Sometimes you just don't need to buy anything. So maybe I don't buy anything this week. Maybe I do. But nothing really on the radar. So true. So true. I uh... Look at how blessed you are in the back. All the beautiful shoes. Yeah. I see the Grant Hills. So the Grant Hills... Talk crap about Fila all you want. You can see that shoe from a mile yeah. away in a good way. So it's like, ah. Well, I didn't I didn't even I mean, we didn't talk about what we were wearing until we sat down, but I'm actually a little bit different style of Velcro, but I'm actually I was wearing Chucks today. But the uh neighborhood what is it? The uh the motorcycle Ooh. joints from a few years back. Yes. So yes. But yeah, that's uh Got the got the four foot strap on there. It's, That's a yeah, cool it's shoe. Been one of my favorites. Uh, I actually like also just love the black logo. I mean, it used to be. I have some old made in the USA uh, Converse from the eighties and nineties, mm -hmm. but and they had the black label on the back. But I always like that one. Um, but as far as Coppin, uh, I mean. I haven't gotten any of the new Griffies and I would love to get a pair. So I'm trying, I'm really hoping like they 
I saw that uh, Just Fresh Kicks posted pictures of the the black freshwaters. So it's like black with the with the green on it, um, with the teal uh-huh. on it or whatever. So I think that'd be uh, top of my list as far as what I've seen recently. But that shoe is crazy. I brought it up in a past episode. The resale on the freshwater ones or homes, whatever you want to yeah. call it, crazy. Like annoyingly, people like. I got my pair. I don't know when I'm going to wear them. Like I'm almost borderline like inclined to sell them, but I've never had a pair of Griffies. And I told myself when the opportunity comes, I'm going to buy that shoe. So I finally did. So like a man of my word to myself, like I kind of can't get rid of them, but also like they're at the bottom of the rotation, like very bottom of the rotation, but people should be able to get that shoe way more easily. It's, the state of sneakers, right? Because those shoes would typically sit. The Griffey Retro, uh, I don't know, an, an older colorway of Air Max that's not a collab. Yep. You know, just like everyday good Nikes. Yeah, man, I am hope you're able to get a pair. Like I said it in the past episode, the Griffies are really kind of climbing on the resale market. And that's an everyday good type of Nike, like a OG colorway of a non-collab air max or a good old dunk those kind of shoes just kind of should be available all the time and it's a bummer they're not yeah i agree it's also just weird because that shoe i mean i can't remember the last i think maybe 2012 or something i bought a pair and i definitely didn't pay full price for them you know they were oh hell no they were a shoe that definitely hit the outlets or went on sale at Foot Locker or whatnot so Call me a hater, but that's not a cool shoe. Like the Griffey, I think in retrospect, came out, what, 95, yeah. 96? It hasn't aged well, in my opinion. It's big, it's bulky, the strap's dung. But it, he was so important, the nostalgic ties to the shoe. The Ken Griffey cards, the Ken Griffey posters, the Ken Griffey, you know, everything in the 90s. He was so big that... People want a part of that, even if it's not like the quote unquote coolest shoe in the world now. And resellers know that and can play off of it and manipulate it to their advantage. Like, oh, 45 year old Dan doesn't really buy a lot of shoes, but his friend told him that that retro came out. He's going to go on StockX because he saw a YouTube commercial a month ago and go pay a stupid price for a pair of Griffies because he's just an average Joe feeling nostalgic. And it sucks. Yeah, it's it's definitely a weird time for all this stuff. I'm not really sure like how everything's gonna play out or or change. It's not but sustainable. Yeah, I, I feel like we're in a weird spot where it's like there's no way that this can kind of carry on the way that it's been going, and there's just not as much demand out there for shoes as like the the resale market makes it seem. Right? Like, oh, I, I mean, the Griffies yeah. are a great example, right? Like. You know, the older I get, the more the lazier I get. Like, I, I'm on my way to Stan Smith. You know, three Velcro straps, and like that's it, right? Because I just don't like the the effort of putting shoes on at this point. I'm like, eh, whatever. Maybe that changes when I'm like back into some sort of normal life again. Um, but Griffies are always going to be one of those shoes that takes. It's just not a slip on, slip off shoe, right? It's a it's 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 work getting that shoe on. And I think it's dope because I was a big Griffey fan. I'm a huge baseball fan. So like it'll never not be cool to me. But the times that I would actually choose to wear it are few and far between at this point compared to like, you know, anything else that's easier to to, to throw on. It was a simpler time in the early 2000s where you could just wear a really big pair of cargo shorts and a Jersey that match the colors. And this, I think now it's harder. It's like, unless you're going for like a short, short and like an, an, an ironic kind of retro nineties outfit, you could throw those on, but it, you're right. It's not an easy wear. There's a reason why there's pool tabs on the tongue <laughs> and the heel. Cause that, that's a design purpose. Not a, not a design choice. Um, what else we got going on before we jump jump into our main topic? I think we have a pretty big main topic, though. A pretty 
long main topic. We do, but I have to ask, did you see the pictures of those racer blue threes yet? That are like, look like the fragments? Oh, yeah, I did. So there's like new photos out. And I don't know if they are like, like just from a terrible fake site. Or the elephant print just looks whack. I don't know if you saw that, but like, I can't, I, you know, I probably saw on a sneaker news or whatever, but um, it's just, it's so bizarre that like we now see all this stuff from fake sites, like on a regular basis. Oh, you. And like the optimist in me is like, there's no way that's actually the production model, right? Like they had to have come up with a better version. I just find it really weird. Uh, I mean, I found some official photos here. And the elephant print looks like a sketch of elephant print, like not actual elephant print. I get what you're saying. It's, it's off-putting. The razor blue part is cool, but honestly, they just did this colorway with Carolina blue, you know, the UNC threes. They just did this colorway. I mean, it's the fire red three just with blue, Yep. you know, (laughs) it's just like, I mean, it's it's stupid to throw sh- shade at Jordan Brand for doing this. Reebok has a question with Power Rangers on it coming out. So honestly, you're just using the same question and it's putting Power Rangers on it. Every brand reuses their flagship models over and over again. That's how they stay flagship models. Yeah. But the three in particular, I feel like, just gets... This is a three. Let's put a color. They're going to buy it. Yeah. This is a three. Put a color on it. They're yeah. going to buy it. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, we don't care. It's, it's, it's going to work every time. And it's just like, I, I sold and I didn't tell anybody this. It broke my heart. I was going to take it to my grave. I sold my cool gray threes. I made like, I made $7 on StockX. So I just wanted my money back. They were made so poorly. I put them on my feet. The tongue I mean, the top of the tongue was so jaggedy and they stitched it wrong. It was this, it was stitched incorrectly. It was crooked. It was boxy on my foot. It didn't look right. And I've wanted that shoe since like what? 2005. I've wanted that shoe for so long. I was so happy to get it. I was ecstatic. And then I actually put it on my foot to wear instantly took it off and listed it on StockX. Instant, like it was not even a question. I was like, these are unwearable. It sucks, but I can't wear these. Like it sucks. And it's like, I love Jordan threes. I love that colorway, but they didn't try. And it's just the tongue, man. Like, you know how the stitching is supposed to be on the yep. taste, the little bit of the lining. And then like the felt, this was all lining, like going over. And the felt was like behind it. It was, all, it was so wrong. Ugh. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the quality stuff, I mean, we'll probably get into that on tonight's topic, too, because it's so weird how so many brands will just mail it in on certain stuff, right? They're just like, like you said, Mm -hmm. it's a three, it's got nice colors, it's going to sell. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be good quality, it doesn't have to be like anything special. People will buy it, or resellers will buy it, and eventually they'll all get out into market and everything is like normal. Right. But then there's sometimes where it's mm-hmm. like a shoe is sitting at a discount and then you see it in person and you're like, how is this shoe even made for this money? Cause it's so good of quality. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Those pro leathers I have, they feel like they could be a Gucci shoe. The toe box feels supple enough and the shape of it's right. That's a $90 shoe. I think 110 upcharge because of the ABA thing. Like that's nothing. And we get elephant print threes that look like Tinker sketched it. That's the new thing. It's going to be a sketch of the Tinker sketch of the sketch on the shoe. (laughs) It's like inception levels of it is. Yeah. And then like you just have some shoes with like, so secrets out. We're talking about Converse today. For the most part, Converse is fantastic from a a material standpoint. Not every shoe has to be thought-provoking. Not every shoe has to be like a really good tie-in, like a Griffey to your childhood or into a sport 
or a band. Sometimes you just want like a good pair of shoes. That's why canvas chucks have been sold the exact same way since like what, 1920, I think 27. Converse is a rubber company at its heart. So it's just like, all right, make a good rubber shoe with good canvas on it. You don't have to change anything for almost a hundred years. But then like you have a good idea, Jordan in the eighties and people love it. You build the fan base and then you spend every decade since then trying to make it cheaper and trying to maximize the profit margin off of something. And that becomes the game. Of course, Chuck's cost more than they did in the twenties or the fifties or the seventies or the nineties. But the quality is always the same. It's literally the same shoe. And it's like, I'll take consistency over playing into my nostalgia and taking me a bad, giving me a bad shoe. Well, definitely. And and it's even crazier because if you think about like all of the businesses that we, you know, as Americans, at least air quotes here, love. I think of like Starbucks, right? The reason why Starbucks is successful is because you know exactly what you're going to get, whether you go into a Starbucks in Portland, in Sacramento, in New York, it does not matter. You're going to get the exact same drink and 90% the same experience from that. Right. And like, for some reason, sneakers, like that's a great point. Converse was trying to, I was, I was looking up a little bit. I think it's 1908 was when they first, when they first made shoes, right. As Converse, uh, rubber Mm -hmm. company. And then Chuck Taylor came in like right around 1920. And you know, that, the only thing that changed was originally the side patch was leather, right? Like that was like through the thirties. And then eventually, you know, as I guess like the, the craziest part about, about that too, is you didn't, they didn't veer away from the formula that worked. They added things to it, right? Like the Jordan one should have been, in my opinion, the pinnacle quality that we expected from the very beginning you know, maybe fix certain things if there are things that need to be fixed, but you could maintain that same quality. And then you can add on top of that and become and and go to next, next levels, whether that's a new model or, you know, like, I mean, I think we've all said it for the past 10 years or so, but like, I would happily pay more for great quality shoes that I want to have for a long time than pay you know, half the price or regular price for multiple shoes that I think the quality sucks on. I would too. It's like it, especially in the digital age, it gets harder and harder to do like the, the quality check. Cause you really do shoe being a textile, like it has to have in hand inspection for you to really get, the full vibe of it. Sometimes you'll think a shoe is a cool on the internet, but then you get it in hand and you feel how it transitions from the stitching to the leather, to the mesh or whatever material it is. It's like enjoying the tangible feel of it. And sometimes you feel it. And and this is like, you, you know, right away, this is bad. It's getting harder to make those choices from a digital standpoint. It's great that a lot of places have free returns, you know, free shipping, free returns. You can try it out. If you, like it, keep it. If you don't return it back, but I will pay two twenty five for a pair of Jordan ones. If they're the quality of what Converse puts out. And I'm just using Converse as an example, but like they're coming from the same umbrella. They're coming from the same parent company. Yeah. So it's like, man, give me that pro leather stuff on a Jordan one charge me more. Like fine, but make it something i'm happy to own not something that's glittered out so many of my ones are glittered out i went through the pile just looking at them glittered 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 and it's just like i think it looks kind of cool but it's deeply frustrating when it's like i spent probably like what 700 dollars retail total on those shoes and now a couple years later they're all wearable they're good shoes but they're all completely glittered yeah and it just makes yeah it's so frustrating no so on that, it's putting new stuff 
into old shoes or updating materials to keep up with the nostalgic tastes. We've also said like, give me a Jordan one with zoom air on the inside, you know, don't show me the zoom air, but it's like, put it in there. Um, Converse is actually starting a new CX initiative, which is going to be a couple different shoes. And why I bring it up now with that tie in is because they're going to be giving us a lot of the same models we like, but just with updated innards, right? So CX is this foam. And I have here an insole of a shoe we'll be looking at in a moment. And it's pretty much the main topic of today's discussion. But it's just a normal sock liner. These are inside of every shoe. Nikes has historically have gotten a little flimsy. This is their new CX foam. And it's plush. It's kind of like Lunar Lawn meets React, but without a distinct performance like goal. So there's like five main keys Converse is trying to push. And that's like sustainability, inclusivity, um, exploration, sport performance, and comfort. So you want to have the sport level performance, but you're not going to be trying to go run marathons. You're not going to be, you're not going to be Wilt in your Chuck Taylors, you know, but they're using stuff like this to make shoes like this. So this is the Converse CX. It has the foam I was just speaking of. It's very familiar to the normal weapon. And it just, you tell me, if you saw these on the street, you being the astute sneaker person you are, let's say you were just an average person and, and you knew Larry Bird in the 80s. These still invoke the normal like 86 weapon, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not too yeah. far off. Yeah, definitely. We're going to go over different models that have the weapon name, did some different stuff. And I think we have like five or six different examples. But of those, this is the first one since the actual 1986 weapon where I'm excited for a variant of an old shoe. Like this tooling almost would be something I wouldn't be upset about seeing on a Jordan 1 or a Jordan 2. Those 80s models that were bigger and bulkier, the contemporaries of the weapon. It'd be so cool, man. Something like this with the CX foam, you can kind of get a little a little dig of it here. You have to wear them to feel it. But you, you don't have to tell me in the design language that this is like a performance shoe. It's not. It's still like a lifestyle weapon. But it's been updated through subtle innards. I'm going to keep saying innards because you can do so much in tooling. And I feel like we get focused on what airbags in it or what foams in it that we don't think about the bigger picture. It's supposed to be comfortable. So you can put a new foam in here with EVA foam. So two things together and a retro look and have an old 86 looking shoe that's ready for some work in 2021. It's like, this is the kind of stuff I would like to see more. Kind of, I get we've had the Alpha 1 and we've had like the 1.5. That's trying to incorporate part of a 2 into the 1. That's trying to put a big visual change for real no, for no reason. You can put a Zoom airbag inside of a midsole of a Jordan 1 with no problem. This is like a dedicated design change through the tooling while having the uppers still be what we know and love. And and I feel like it just hits it hits what I want from a consumer standpoint. I feel like I'm just like showing the shoes praise nonstop, but we spent like at least 20 episodes where there's a comment. Just give me the old shoe with just like better stuff and I'll be happy. And it's just like, somebody did it. It's awesome. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me, it looks like something that would be like a, like a John Bravados or, or, or some, yeah. some kind of like, it looks like a high end brand or collaboration take on the weapon to me, just, you know, not having them mm -hmm. in hand, like just from a visual, like if I saw it, I would, I would wonder if that's what, what the case was. Right. And I think that's actually the interesting mm -hmm. part about it is like, you don't really see brands doing that much, you know, like I would say that that's like, that's almost something that they usually reserve for a collaboration or for a, 
you know, and I'm sure we'll see collaborations on this stuff with, once the CX stuff comes out. Yeah. But like that to me is like the coolest thing about it in a sense that the brand itself is taking a much bigger chance on that by making, you know, such a drastic difference with that tooling. And, you know, I mean, cushioning is, cushioning is like, I don't know, I, not to be a pessimist, but I feel like any modern cushioning from any of the brands is good at this point, right? If a brand is still struggling to make yeah. cushioning, then they are, they're, they're not in the right business, right? Like there's just too many companies mm -hmm. out there that do it. There's too many opportunities for them to like partner with people. And, and at the same time, I love that because I always am going after shoes just to get the cushioning out of them. I mean, I literally just bought a pair of, I bought a pair of chucks that actually Matt from the discord, uh, grabbed me a pair of chucks a couple months back because they have dual zoom, you know, uh, forefoot and, and heel zoom insoles in them. I don't even need the shoe cause it's like, I don't like the color or the, the style or anything. But the insole to me is worth the 30 bucks that I would pay for that shoe at the outlets to throw in to your point, to throw in like a pair of, of Jordan ones or something. Right. It's like no brainer. This is an easy way to just make it a little bit more comfortable for everyday wear. I'm happy you say that because in 2022 spring of 2022, all chucks are going to have the CX foam in it. So you're not going to have to go hunting for a comfortable insole to steal out of a discount converse at the outlet <laughs> you're every pair is going to have them and that's a no-brainer to me lunar lawn they were really pushing that for a while as lunar lawn drop-ins as like an actual function and i love that kind of stuff what's in those i see you're trying yeah, to pull I'm just something trying to see it's, it's actually just like a regular kind of double stacked insole basically See, everything's going to have this foam in it, and it's like, why don't you do this? Yeah. Why hasn't this been? It's like, I don't get why they stopped having Lunar Lawn in it or stopped telling people why there's Lunar Lawn. Like you said, at this point, any modern cushioning is good. Like, I love the fact that you can get the same kind of like white chuck from like 1967 as you can now. But why do we need to be sitting on the exact same like polyurethane? Like, you can... it's. You can mix it up. Well, and it's kind of weird because they did the the Chuck twos that came out. I don't know when that was five years ago or something. Now it seems like, which had all the lunar foam or whatever in it. The basically had like you know it was one of the first times the Chucks got like actual Nike tech right. As like consumers, you didn't really see that very often beforehand, right? It wasn't like now where like mm -hmm. we've got Reebok and Adidas co-branding shoes and stuff. I mean, to me, that stuff doesn't make sense at all because it, it takes away from both brands ability to kind of stand on their own, in my opinion. But it's such an easy like I, I think like with Chucks. I mean, you know, like Chucks are like my favorite shoe, right? Like the the style to me is like the most universal, like everyone loves it, has a pair of some kind. But. It's just not up to. I mean, it's just like if you wear a pair of chucks for a full day and you go walk around the city, you're going to be you're going to be hurting by the end of the day. Like, that's just how it is. Right. Luckily, they're. Fixing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I wonder, too, like how, you know, because I think before we started recording, we were talking about kind of the, all the different variations, because I can't remember what each and every one along the way has had, but. There's been so many different versions. Like the first time I got a pair of chucks that were like the con skate chucks. So the CTS was, was the first time that I got something that had like a more significant substantial cushioning in it. And I, I don't know, that's probably like 10 years ago or 15 years ago when that shoe first came out. Um, but that also was a lot different because they kind of did do, they did like padding around the collar and a little bit more padding on the tongue, I think. So it, it was actually like, what you would expect if, if Chucks were just a skate shoe, right? Like, you know, looking at like Nike SB as the formula to like make a, a basketball shoe, a skate shoe, like that was it. And that's where, that's where they can succeed though. Yeah. So you said that Reebok and Adidas together kind of diminishes both. 
Converse is always going to be Converse, but just with Nike innards. Like you can utilize the tech and the, you know, in this example, the skateboarding language of the padding and everything, but it's always going to be uniquely Converse because that name is so strong and Nike doesn't try to put a swoosh on it. Like on the inside, it might have a little swoosh with the zoom, but that's your socks covering it. You, you know, he's ever going to know. Like that's, what's really powerful to me. The, the different iterations. So we're talking about, there's been many different types of the weapon and what I think works with these. And what I think work, works best with the new Chucks that have modern, like, you know, the Chuck Taylor two or the lunar lawn stuff, or there's also like a Chuck CX that has like a more defined crazier outsole with CX foam where those shoes work is this concept of future familiar. It's like a, it, it's a mindset that Converse has. So it's like, you start with the familiar, right? Like what's going to bring people in to still love the shoe. Like this upper is what brings people in. You think magic Johnson, you think Larry, you think Isaiah, you think all those great eighties players from the upper, but then you want the future to be what you're actually walking on and using. So through future familiar, you're not losing what made the shoe great in the first place, but you're also not just resting on its laurels and not doing anything new to it. So it's like, yeah, great. The Jordan one, everybody loves it. I have 18 pairs of them, but you can do new stuff to it without, without diminishing it. I think the Jordan one low cost and stuff I have, nobody would ever know that zoom insoles in there ever. And I wear that shoe probably top 10%, top 10 percentile of my Jordan one wears is that shoe because it's comfortable. So the weapon CX, and there's also another one called the run star motion, which is like a converse Chuck, but it has really crazy exaggerated design features. You got to see it. I'll show you guys later, but you have to not lose track of the familiar and what brought you in first, but you have to make it new. Yeah. I, th I think too, like it's, it's nice to with converse. It's nice that they're actually, uh, I guess like hanging on, not, not hanging on. That's not the right word, but just, you know, keeping that heritage hanging alive. On. Right. Because when we started to, when, when, you know, when you said that we should talk about this converse weapon as a, as a topic, right. It's insane to think how popular converse was oh. in the basketball world. So like Chucks are popular across the world, you know, all over the place. Right. And then they they still were popular on the basketball court up until like the early seventies, and then you have like Dr. J signed with Converse in seventy four, and like two years later or whatever they have the the pro leather the that you know basically the, the shoe that you wore, um, that that is like the pinnacle. That's Michael Jordan, you know. That's LeBron James. That's Kobe. That's the pinnacle player was. at that moment, right? But he was a, he was with Converse his entire career. So then you have all of the other players, right? Which that follow, you know, arguably Magic is maybe the 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 face of the NBA there for the, like the early '80s or something, right? But you have, like you mentioned some of them, but like Magic, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Bernard King, Mark Aguirre, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, that's yeah, like, I mean, there's just like countless guys wearing that six, one yeah. shoe. And you, I think it was great because before we started recording, you made the, the point, right? It's almost like if you took the modern NBA, you have Steph, Katie, Kyrie, you know, LeBron. I mean, it's like Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler, like, yeah. yeah, like, it's just insane to think how many people like Converse had at that time. And yeah, we're in the same shoe, not like variants, not like, so Dr. J there, there's also the fast break, which is one of my favorite Converse models ever. That was more Kevin McHale style. So there's other great models, but there was a point in time from like 86 to like 88, 87, where they're all wearing the exact same shoe. 
It's not just like, oh, they signed and Magic's in the Magic Johnson weapon and Larry's in the Larry one and Mark Aguirre's in the, you know, the M.A. No, they're all wearing the weapon and they're all doing stuff together. Like you said, Magic Johnson's maybe the face, like probably the face of the league. He was him and Larry together. Like the Laker Celtic rivalry was the face of the league. You could have that promo literally in newspapers alongside a Converse ad with them side by side. They could be side by side on both pages of the newspaper promoting different things. And it's like, you're never going to see a shoe ad with LeBron and Steph. Like James Harden, for example, has to roll down the Nike logo on his socks. And so does Steph Curry. So for the photos, there's no, there's no conflict. The two biggest play, like inarguably magic and Larry were the two biggest Kareem's the best scoring all the points, whatever the two young guns, the two most exciting players were in the exact same shoe going together and going against each other in the finals almost every season. And when they weren't, it was the other Converse players. Yeah. <laughs> it was either Isaiah or it's Dr. J and the Sixers. Like you couldn't escape it. Always an elite Converse athlete in that late 80s that kind of made modern NBA. Without that time, obviously Jordan, but without Isaiah, Larry, and Magic, those three in particular, and Dr. J. Like there's not an NBA now. There's not a LeBron James. There's not Dr. J was everybody famous before, before everything was yeah. cool. Like yeah. he was cool. He was the definition of cool. The fro taken off from the free throw line, like the swag. Yeah. Do you think that, do you think that we could ever have a, like, will we ever see a brand go back to the idea of having five, six guys in a commercial. I mean, take away the, the well, fact that like all these guys, you know, we didn't really have signature shoes like that back then. Right. Dr. J was kind of the mm-hmm. first MJ kind of like took the torch, but like, I just can't imagine seeing, we haven't seen it in a long time. Right. Like Nike does it occasionally with basketball, right. Where they're, you know, fun police or something mm-hmm. like that. But we just haven't seen like a, Hey, these are, this is our whole crew kind of, and, and I don't, Adidas has done that occasionally, but you know, anything is possible. Yeah, like, I mean, they did a lot when, when they were doing like the, you know, the team stuff, right. The team signature, the TS line, which was great, but, but they weren't Billups. They weren't as the, the, maybe as the ads weren't as catchy or they weren't as memorable, you know, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know if we'll ever see a group of people together promoting a product or products in a product line like that ever again. It's kind of crazy to think about that. It's not even that. So let's use the second coming from Nike. I think it was like LeBron, Kirk Heinrich, Tyson Chandler, Andre Iguodala. Damn, I'm good. It's like off the top of my head, Richard Jefferson, Kenyon Martin. Cool. LeBron's in it. Fucking, you think Kenyon Martin's in the same sentence as Magic Johnson? Like, just the the direct star power, like the intense level of direct sunlight on that stage from having Larry and Magic. And then, of course, we all forget Isaiah because he's not Magic and he wasn't on the Dream Team. But the point guard, point guard, like right up there, it was back and forth. Who's better, him he just happened to be about eight inches shorter than magic. And, and that's his only flaw, but just like you can have brands. I was thinking there's one with Chauncey Billups, T Mac, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. That's really strong at that time. 2006, 2000, I think 2006, I think was about that time. KG's in his prime, Tim Duncan's in his prime, T Mac's healthy, but like those four together, again, nothing compared I'm not even bringing up Kevin McHale. Yeah. I think he's overrated, but historically the stats don't lie. He's not, he's one of the best players of all time. So it's just like, even the fourth, fifth guy in is a hall of famer and like a legit, legit hall of famer. Yep. It's wild. It's and the commercial. We didn't really bring it up. I'm sure we'll link it and we'll show it on Instagram, but 
Kevin McHale rapping, Larry Bird's white ass rapping. Every it's it's everything you need it to be. And it's just it's magic. It truly is magic. And that's not even I think the best part of the weapon. The choose your weapon side by side, magic and Larry. That's that's just like a Americano. That's yeah. not even like sports history. That's not even like shoe history. That's like American history. Yep. It's it's crazy. Yeah, man. It's it's a uh, it's it's wild to think. I mean, I I should have should have grabbed a pair, but like the last pair of weapons that I bought, um, probably like a two thousand three release. It was like a a Raiders color. Um, you know, probably, I don't know. They're, they're still like, um, I mean, they're in the garage, but like, they're still wearable. They're still like, like just a classic shoe. And it's funny. Cause every time I wear them, I always think about like the, the, the way people would react. Right. Like, and, and that's partially why my favorite shoe is a Chuck because Chucks just are kind of low key subtle. Right. And if you, if you wear regular chucks like nobody really thinks anything of it but then if you wear something that's like the weapon has just enough style like of a a design that it stands out right like that was the interesting thing too like it's really the the forefront of like the change from like the dr j's the pro leathers like very basic chevron logo on the side you know depending on where you're at in the world, like the Jordan one probably comes in right behind, but the Jordan one is super basic too, right? It's, it's a leather shoe. They're just changing up the panels. And then the weapon is like, it's like the first, just the white like, bar. Yeah. It's like the first step towards like nineties basketball, in my opinion, because the Jordan one still yeah. looks like an 80 shoe, no matter what. Right. But it's I think a, the layers. I like that take yeah, a lot. And like you said, the Y bar, right? Like the layers and the Y bar to the designer are, are something that is super underrated. And it's it gives you the the look of a heel clip or a heel counter just from the way the overlays lay over each other. And now, I mean, like, if you think about it, that's that's a Kobe six. Yeah. Heel. It's that's a really interesting take. The Jordan one is definitely an 80s shoe. This, I can see how this pushes, pushes things forward. And what was also funny in this re-release. So the 86, and I love seeing those any 80s marketing. It's like the shoes all laced really funky, like bar lacing. And they're super tall. Like the 86 was super tall. They did, um, when they retroed them, when they retroed the weapon in like OG form, so to speak. Early 2000s shoe branding is weird to me. But yeah, 2009, they call it the Weapon 86. But it was definitely like a more of a mid three-fourths than the true high. Um, They also did a 2014 Cons Weapon, which they just added extra branding to it and changed up the vulcanized sole a little bit. They they changed cues, I feel like, for a long time. And again, I think of like the Alpha 1. Like at that time, 2007 to like 12, they're just changing stuff on shoes to try to modernize it, but without putting, I feel like a lot of thoughtfulness into it. It's like, well, duh, of course, you can just put some extra branding on a weapon and call it technically a different shoe because it is the old shoe just with different branding on it. Or you can make a skate version of the weapon or you could do... Um, like, uh, the, was it the Evo? Oh yeah. The, yeah. So the, yeah, the Converse, uh, yeah. Weapon Evo that that Kirk Heinrich wore in Chicago. Like that's more of a performance space, but like you put an air bubble in the back of it. It doesn't make sense when you do something. And this is not a performance shoe. This is a, this is a retro product. Like this, the thoughtfulness, I feel like this type of language reminds me of the Y bar. Like, I don't know why it's like the curves of it remind me of shapes and the way that it's grooved kind of this T area reminds me of a Y. I don't know why, but just like, it makes, 
sense. They're not just changing. Uh, I think of the Jordan Alpha. They did like a a ribbed collar yeah. with like a diamond pattern on it, and it's why it, it, it doesn't serve a great purpose that keeps you going back to the familiar. It's just, um, I'm, I could wax poetic about this. And Puma by proxy did a, did a, a, a Kuzma shoe, which he's, I don't know. That's, that's going to be hilarious. 10 years from now that Kyle Kuzma had a shoe, um, but they did a retro shoe with all of the right cues, but made it look new. It's just, it's just not hard as, as thoughtfulness, I guess is the, the theme of today's episode, put some better foam in it. Don't change up the good parts, change up the bad old parts that need fixing and be thoughtful about it. Yeah. The one thing I would say too, like, I don't know if it's, it's just the, the, the weapon itself, but I actually am glad that I'm, I'm sure they'll put it on for some of the colorways, but like they did, I think the 2014 ones had that had weapon written down the side of the, Y bar thing, right? And I, I just did. thought, like, you don't really need that. Like, it, it kind of, I don't know. And maybe it's just my memories of of the Magic and Bird, the Choose Your Weapon ad, and the commercials. Because I mean, the Choose Your Weapon ad for for me and my brother, we ended up trying to like remake that ad into like car stuff that we did, you know, twenty five years ago, and um, you know, it. it it was it was just like a one of the side side projects that we had just you know making t-shirts or whatever but like putting the two things together and kind of emulating that look and feel of larry versus magic right because it was such a such a like powerful thing to us as kids and you know we're both like 70 you know years old or whatever when that comes in and you know i guess my brother's a couple of years older or younger but um yeah it's kind of crazy i i do think like i don't know if it's just because i'm a chuck chuck taylor fan but the one thing that i will say that because you mentioned the velcro stuff earlier when they did the undefeated so undefeated launched the converse poor man weapon in 2009 right yes and that was the first time that i can remember seeing like velcro removable logos on a shoe it was like and and you know could have just been personal because the first colorway was a black and orange version, but like undefeated had an undefeated logo on the, on the midsole and like to be able to move the labels around and stuff was super dope because I think the only other time that you really thought about that was from like the, un, the rare air Jordan four and the undefeateds. Like it was like, wait, what that stuff, you know, like you didn't really think of that as a normal thing. And that shoe actually, you know, I think really kind of at the time, it was the first time that I can think of like Converse getting like a really hyped release, right? When that shoe came out, I missed out on that shoe. It was like, you know, probably 70, 80 bucks retail and you couldn't find it anywhere for, you know, eBay was like two, two fifty something, which, you know, to me at that time, especially it was like absurd to pay for Chucks. Like there's only like maybe a couple of pair of like grail shoes you know grail chucks that i would just put on display just to be like hey this is one of the first shoes from like 19 you know the 1930s or whatever but like way too much so it was like kind of a crazy whirlwind of of like hype hitting something that normally doesn't you know like chucks i mean you have occasional like off-white ambush some of the stuff you know catches fire and people are like crazy about it for a little bit but usually that's also kind of one of the beauties of the Converse stuff is that it doesn't always go super crazy, right? It's like, even if it goes and sells out, the resale price on it is just a little bit over and it's just more attainable. You know what the, the biggest flex is, and maybe we can end on this. The, the biggest flex of Converse is that they don't have to have sponsorship or collabs. People just wear those shits anyway. Like celebrity Mark Zuckerberg bet you has a pair of Chucks. That fool has zero swag. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger probably has a pair of Chucks. The Rock, Admiral Levine, Obama. Yeah. I'm just thinking of random people. They all probably own a pair of Chucks though. Yeah. Everything, and they'll wear them in public without being paid. 
Kamala Harris, she's famous for her love of the Chuck Taylor. It's like, you don't have to have a collab when everybody's loves your yep. shit. <laughs> you don't have to. They just, they just wear it. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, so be on the lookout. Um, TBD on the release date of the CX. Um, there's a couple other models like I alluded to earlier. There's a Chuck CX, which is the exact same Chuck Taylor we know, but with the CX foam in it. There's the Runstar Motion, which is a really crazy, exaggerated Chuck Taylor-like shoe. And then there's the Eon Active CX, which is, think of like a Jordan Delta. We'll talk about this. Think of like a RS Fast meets a Jordan Delta meets a Hirachi meets a Converse shoe. And you have a good model. But any parting thoughts for you, Nick? No, man. I think I think uh, covered everything. Uh, I'm still looking for those undefeated four-man weapons. If anybody's, you know, got a pair, twelve or thirteen. Yeah. You know, what's <laughs> funny is I've almost bought, and I just don't have. There's literally zero reason for me to buy them. The undefeated Chucks, the black with the blue, and then the white yeah. with the blue. They sit there. They're on Undefeated's website right now, and I, I almost buy them every week. But it's like I don't need another pair of shoes, but I want them. Yep. It's just, it's, it's, it's fucked up. You had problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, man, where can they find you? Where's, where's Nick? Uh, Nick Ingvall on all the platforms. Uh, more importantly, just follow at sneaker history, subscribe to us on YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr. I don't know where else. Facebook, Facebook, ah, Pornhub, yeah. everywhere, <laughs> We're everywhere. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've noticed that the, the YouTube channels having quite a renaissance, a renaissance of, uh, new stuff on there. It's a lot of fun. So if you're not on the YouTubes, check it out at sneaker history channel. It's not at sneaker. It's the sneaker history channel, but go check it out. A lot of good stuff. I noticed you put like the Jordan one rotating display, um, my inside the closets are there. These episodes are there. If you're listening right now on like a podcast app or something, you can watch them at home. Lots of fun stuff. You can find me at R A H B E E seven Oh two. But uh, I appreciate everybody's time and listening to us wax poetic about the weapon. Yep. Yep. We'll catch you on the next one. See everybody. Thanks for being here. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.